Amen. Praise the Lord, Refuge Church. God is good, and we serve a good God. No matter during the time of pandemic or time of no pandemic, during the time of earthquakes, pestilence, commotion, whatever, he is still on the throne. And my Bible tells me when you began to see those troubles, when you began to see those troubles, don't worry, don't freak out, but instead look up for your redemption draws nigh. I don't know what else God has to do to get our attention, but the Lord is showing us signs all throughout the world. Turn on the news. There's false Christs everywhere. There's commotion everywhere. There's pestilence everywhere. We're coming to the end of this thing. The Lord is coming back. And you have got to be ready. Amen. I'd rather live only 30 years and die saved than live to be 300 years than be lost. You've got to be saved. You've got to be ready. You've got to be serving the Lord during this time. Amen. Praise God. I'm already wound up because, like Brother uh, Condren already said, this worship team, amen, there was an anointing on that worship team this morning and a special anointing in this congregation And there is uh, anticipation here at Refuge Church. Amen. We're ready to see God move. We're ready to see God do things. And uh, we're going to continue to comply as best as we can and uh, stop the spread of COVID-19. But in the midst of it all, amen, we're not going to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. You know what I have found out during all of this? God has not social distanced himself from his people. Oh, no, he wants to get up real right close, really right near. Matter of fact, so close, living on the inside of you. Come on, Holy Ghost-filled people, amen? Yeah. And I feel the presence of our Lord, amen, amen. It's so good to be back here with you all here in Liberty, Missouri. I'm so glad that uh, your pastor, my good friend, Pastor Dornbach, invited me to come and to be here. I love this church very much. This church has been dear to me really all of my life. I've been coming to this church uh, for Section 10 events and worship services here. And uh, I'm always blessed when I come here. And this is a wonderful church built on the Word of God, an apostolic church. And uh, this is a very, very safe place. The best place that you can ever be in your life is here in the house of the Lord. And really this place has been, as it were, a refuge uh, during this time you, you know, uh, I know we like to smile and uh, be kind and friendly, but some of us, the only place of peace we have throughout our week and our entire life is right here at church, and this is a place. It's no wonder it's called a sanctuary. It's called a house of worship, and uh, I thank the Lord for that, what the house of the Lord has been for all of us, amen, during, uh, during this time, amen. It's good to see uh, so many of you that I've known through the years. Uh, Brother Chad, we had a great time in Israel, a tremendous time, and I'm ready to go back. I tell you what, I could... I could totally use a vacation right now. Why not go to the Holy Land? So uh, we had one scheduled, but uh, COVID-19 kind of slowed that down. So we really don't know. It's kind of uncertain times. You know, it's kind of difficult to plan. And uh, we just kind of have to take it one day at a time. But uh, the Lord's with us, and we are going to get through this. Amen. Praise the Lord. I greet all of the uh, the Dornbach family here, all of the church staff, all of the saints. It's great to be with you. And uh, I just feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm excited about what God is going to do today. Amen. While you remain seating, let's look to the word of the Lord in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 7 and verse number 22. Deuteronomy 7 and verse number 22. Amen. Brother Caesar told me at the beginning of service, he said, you only got one scripture, scripture. you can only preach, preach from one scripture, okay? 
And I, I kind of took that as, hey, we're used to about 50 scriptures around here as service. So I, t- I tell you what, you're just going to have to trust that this one scripture is powerful enough, okay? <laughs> All right. Amen. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, verse 22. The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Mm. And from this subject, I would like to minister reopening little by little. Reopening little by little. If you're by a family member or a close associate, kind of elbow them and say, God is doing a big thing, but slowly. In the year 2016, my wife and I, my wife was great with child, our first child. We went to our doctor, and the doctor gave us bad news and said, this baby is breached, and there are other complications. And that's not really what you want to hear. I understand that every baby is a prayer baby, but when it's your own baby, it really becomes a prayer baby. We got in the car, and we were both sobbing, crying. There was nothing but fear and doubt in that car. And sometimes even us spirit-filled people, if we're not careful, fear and doubt can really set in and take control. And as we began to drive down the road home, all of a sudden I stopped and I thought, wait a minute, I serve God, a great God. And the hand of the Lord is upon my family, and the hand of the Lord is upon this baby. And I began to pray and speak those things, and instantly as I began to pray, I felt a wind come through my car. And all of a sudden, my wife grabbed my arm and she said, Justin, I can feel the baby turning right now. I can feel the baby turning right now. And little Melina, our four-year-old, is alive and well to this day. We had a lady in our church several years ago came forward. And as she stood in the altar, the gifts of the Spirit began to move. And I knew that she had cancer in her body. And I laid hands upon her forehead and I cursed that cancer in Jesus' name. She fell out in the Holy Ghost. And when she came to, after that powerful altar call, the cancer had completely left her body. And miracles like that have occurred in this church. I love those instant miracles. I like it whenever you ask God just once and the first time, it just happens immediately like that. And he is an on-time God. Yes, he is. But you know what? These days I'm figuring out that God doesn't always do things instantly. But a matter of fact, sometimes God can be a really slow God. He kind of likes to take his time. He kind of likes to make us really ultrally depend upon him for everything. Matter of fact, that's usually why trouble comes our way. It's usually just God trying to get our attention saying, I'm trying to let you try to figure out that you can't do life all on your own, but you need me to survive. And that's what he did with Israel. You know, they've been 40 years in the wilderness. They were chomping at the bit to get into that land, to destroy their enemies, to take over those cities, to take over their fields, to set up their farms, and to begin their lives. And God said, no, it's going to be slow. You're going to have to learn to be more patient with me. And God said, you won't drive out the enemies, but I will drive out your enemies. And for seven years, Joshua and the army of Israel waged war against the enemies, and the Lord fought the battle for them. They learned how to march around walls in silence and watch the walls fall. They learned how to advance against their enemies and even call upon the sun and the moon to stand still to give them enough daylight 
to destroy their enemies. All kinds of supernatural things that God did to simply show Israel that it's not by might nor by your own power, but my my spirit that is going to give you the victory. And the Lord also said in the scripture we read that if you destroy the enemies too fast, the beasts of the earth will arise and devour you. Speaking of lions, bears, poisonous snakes, all of those things. God had a purpose and he had a design for Israel in the slow conquering of Canaan land. And I feel by the Holy Ghost in the time and the season that we were in. I know in the beginning of this thing I was praying. I was fasting God drive out COVID-19. Get it out of here. But anytime I prayed like that, I felt like I didn't have an authority over it. But it was designed by God, designed uh, by design in Bible prophecy. And the revelation came unto me that this thing would not leave suddenly, but it would leave, but it would leave slowly. And we as a church have had to really slow down here in America with this pandemic. We had to lock our doors. We had to go to online service. We could not forsake the Zooming of ourselves as your small group is doing. Instead of singing Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want, we were now singing Jesus on the Facebook, comment what you want. And you know, there was a lot of churches during the time of pandemic when we were quarantined that did absolutely nothing. They just shut their doors and everybody went on vacation. But I thank God for churches like this that said we can't do everything, but we can do something. And this church has done something, and you're still standing, and you're still being blessed, and God's got his hand upon you in this time. Amen. There were churches that figured out they were a church that it was all about hype. It's tough to be a church about hype and have revival through the Internet. I loved going through my phone, and I was, you know, kind of church hopping, as many of you were doing on my Facebook. And I kid you not, I saw one pastor up there preaching in his pulpit, and he was frustrated that he couldn't hear the amens of the people. He was frustrated that he couldn't uh, feel the feedback from the audience, and he got out off the, off the pulpit and got into the face of that camera and was like, can I get some comments with some amens? I got to know that at least the church is saying amen. And I watched the saints all say amen and amen, and I even threw an amen his way. It's been difficult on us, but the churches that have been built, not so much upon hype, but upon the moving of the Holy Spirit, have survived. Churches that were not just dependent upon the feeling and the look of church, but rather were dependent upon the foundation of the Word of God, have survived this thing. And the people that have wanted to be spiritual have made a decision to be spiritual during this time. And sadly, tragically, the people that have wanted to be carnal during this time have become carnal. There are families that got the revelation and the wisdom that this was an opportunity to bring the families together. And prayer began to come back into homes. And family altars began to come back in homes. And dads and moms sat down after dinner and opened up their Bibles and read the Word of God and prayed together. And revival has happened in individual families. But sadly, some families said this is not an opportunity to get together, but an opportunity to have more and more chaos and more and more conflict. That is what this time and season has really become. It's either an opportunity to drive you closer to God or it's been an opportunity to drive you further away 
from God. But I've got the feeling that there are people here in this Sunday morning that said we're going to take advantage of this time. Time has slowed down. Time has slowed down. The rush and the hustle and everything that we're used to has been slowed down. And I'm going to take this time to get my house in order and get my family in order and get my soul saved and get my family in right and be ready for the coming of the Lord. Can you say amen? Nobody foresaw this time and season coming. I remember everybody saying it's 2020. It's the year of vision. It's going to be the greatest year of my life. I'm going to lose 65 pounds. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to get a better tan. I'm going to get a better lawn. I'm going to get a better this and a better that. And then 2020 came. And a lot of us have gained another 65 pounds. And our lawn looks horrible. And our tan is not so good and all of these things. You know, I'm just the kind of person that just sort of wakes up and I just deal with life. I don't care if it rains or snows. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm just kind of going to go for it. I really don't care. But in this day and this time, I find myself looking at the news every day. Looking at updates every minute and every time. Because you don't know what's going to come around next. You know, I remember being back, uh, uh, back during the holidays around Christmas and New Year's and I was sitting on the couch. And my wife looked at me and she said, Justin, what is wrong? And I said, nothing is wrong. She said, no, there's something wrong. I said, no, you don't understand. There's nothing wrong. That's the problem. I said, things are too good right now. They've been too good for a while. And I have felt at ease and you have been at ease and everybody has been at ease. Something bad has got to happen. And then COVID-19 came to wake us up and to stir us, to remind us, to remind us that the church can never be at ease in this world. Being at ease causes us to forget about God. It causes us to forget about the kingdom of heaven and to trust in this world, in this world alone. But I thank God for every ounce of trouble that has pushed me to pray. And to seek the Lord. We are slowly reopening, not because of government oppression, but we are slowly reopening to slow the spread of COVID-19 as a church. And I believe through the word of the Lord that he has given to me personally, as mysterious as COVID-19 came, so shall it leave this coming fall. There have been signs given to us, I believe, that this pandemic is coming to an end. Have you noticed that gas prices are beginning to increase? Yes, they have. Have you also noticed that toilet paper is back in stock? You know, praise the Lord. You know, church, I can't understand the toilet paper crisis. You know, I got a long text from my wife while I was at the office. She said, you need to get up now and go to the grocery store and get home. There's a, there's a, there's a run on toilet paper. There's a run on this. There's a run on that. And I thought, toilet paper? What in the world? I kind of ignored it, but I got my list, my honeydew list. And I went, to, I went to the store, and as I was walking in, I saw people coming by with their carts full of toilet paper. I mean, just full of toilet paper. I, 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 couldn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't get that. I thought, do people think they're going to get diarrhea from the pandemic? I, I don't understand this. Thank you for laughing. You're polite. Sorry, Sister Dornbach. I apologize. We won't say that no more in this pulpit. I couldn't understand that. You know, there was a lot of people during this pandemic, a lot of the single people, they thought it's the end of the world, they better get married. And a lot of those who had those type of relationships, they are coming to an end. All of those signs are here with us. We've got gas prices increasing, toilet paper's back in stock, and all of the people that thought it was the end of the world, their lives have gone back to normal. And that's really what is going on. 
things are going back to normal, and I thank God for that. As walking in, as I was walking into the church, several people tried to, to, to shake my hand and, and hug me and, pull, and pulled their hands back and said, oh, we can't do that. You know what? I, I thank God that you pulled your hand back. You know, I believe in social distancing and, and all of that, but that's a sign to me that the, the heart of this church is rejecting these things as the new normal. But we are going back to good old-fashioned Pentecostal handshakes and Pentecostal hugs and the laying on of hands of people. Those days will come again. We're headed to it. It's going to slowly come to pass. And anybody thankful for that? I tell you what. I never realized how powerful a Christian hug was. I never realized how powerful the laying on of hands was until this season. It's nothing we can ever take for granted as a church. Can you say praise the Lord? When COVID-19 came... I got to admit that last Sunday that we were together as a church was March 15th, and that uh, next evening we had a staff meeting. We were all in a, in a panic because of the pandemic, and some of us thought, this is it. This is the end. We're never going to have church again. Amen. The, 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 the tribulation has begun now. This is it. This is it. Everybody get ready. Run for the hills. And we were very uncertain what we were going to do. The thought of having online church was very confusing to us. And I didn't know what to think or make of it. And really ever since that time in the middle of March, I've been, as it were, in my own words, in suspended animation. I'm blanking out. You know, I want to go here, but I end up going there. I've been putting my cell phone in the oddest of places in my house. I've been losing my keys. I'm doing things that I would not normally do simply because I feel like I'm in suspended animation. And by the look of some of you, you're in that same boat too. This is just a weird time for all of us. It is unusual for us. During that first week, church, I was very, very worried, very, very concerned for the church and my own family. And what I'm about to tell you, I, I, I have told publicly. It's, it's, it's public information. I want to share it with you all. The first Sunday that our church went to online services only was March 22nd, and I got to tell you, I, I, my alarm went off, but I did not get up. I turned it off. I was just that much in a, a melancholy state of depression and agony that as I was about to drift off to sleep, I felt a tap on my shoulder. In church, I thought it was my wife waking me up saying, honey, it's 10 o'clock. You're really late for church. You need to get dressed and get going. But it wasn't my wife. I thought it was one of my children. It wasn't one of my children. But when I opened my eyes, the angel of the Lord stood before me by my bedside. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, some will die, but most will live. In 60 days, the church shall regather, followed by 60 days of slowly reopening, and thereafter 60 days of recovery. There will be three pandemics and some will say four. The vision then ended. By this time, you can imagine, I was wide awake. I did not know how to describe that. I'd never had an event just like that. I got dressed and went to church, and I told my father and two other ministers in our church my experience, and we didn't know quite what to think about it. But there, that month, in all the month of April, we had service online, as this church did as well. Our last service, our last service there online was May 10th, and the command came 
our churches in Kansas City proper, and the mayor declared that some of the pandemic restrictions had lifted. Sixty days had passed, just as the Lord spoke, and our church regathered on May 17th. Can I tell you, when I think about these things, I'm just reminded of how much we don't know, but how much God knows everything. Here I'm thinking that we're never going to regather again, and the end is now. But God reminded me, the end is not now, but it's near. And after 60 days, our church regathered. Many of the other churches did, and you all were about the same time period. Every church is different. We're now past the stage of slowly reopening, and we are now in the stage of slowly recovering. I don't know what these three pandemics mean that the Lord told me. Perhaps it could have been COVID-19. The next one could have been the commotion that we're in, and I don't know what the third is. It could be something this fall, and some will perhaps say that there is four. I don't really understand all of these things, and most of the time when the Lord speaks to you like this, it's in a dark saying, and you really don't know what it means until it actually happens. For instance, when Isaiah said, a virgin will conceive, I can just imagine him writing that thinking, what in the world does that mean? And everybody that heard the prophecy said, what does that mean? They didn't know what it meant until Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, you will have a son. He will be the son of the Most High God, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And a lot of times that is how prophecy works, and this church believes in that. And you've got prophecies over you in this congregation that have been yet to be fulfilled. Hold on to that. Fight for that, and it will come to pass. Can you say praise the Lord? But you look at the news. Everything that Jesus said in Luke 21 is happening. Just about every time I turn on the news, I see false Christ. I see somebody with a Messiah complex. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. There's commotion. There's nation and kingdom rising up against other nations and kingdoms. There's great earthquakes. If you read the news, you remember after the initial uh, announcement of the pandemic, there was a large earthquake that happened in Salt Lake City. There's also been reports of famines throughout the world, namely Eastern Africa. There's pestilences. There's fearful sights in the sky. There's a comet right now above the Earth's atmosphere. I wanted so bad to see that comet the other night. And I went out and they said it would be at the northwestern sky. And I looked up and I'm like, there it is. I even got a friend on videotape to point it out. And then I realized, wait a minute, it's not a comet. It's just a plane flying into MCI. Wait a minute. But it's out there. Other people have seen it. Church, these things that the Lord said would come to pass, they're happening right now in our lifetime. We've had to readjust the way we think and to readjust the way that we approach things. As it were, we've had to go back to the way they worshipped in the Old Testament times. When David and all of Israel would gather around the tabernacle, they would sing psalms of praise and the priest would minister before the Lord. But David and the people knew that since they were not priests, they could not approach the Ark of the Covenant. For they knew that if they approached it, they would die. The glory of God was only reserved for the priests to get near. David said, I just want to be in the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. You know what that was? Whenever the sun would come up, the sun would cast a shadow of the Ark of the Covenant. The wings of the cherubim, the mercy seat across the ground. And David knew, I can't get under that tent. I can't get in that tabernacle. I'm not meant to do it, but at least I can get in the shadow that it casts across the ground. And all of Israel would gather together around that shadow and worship in the wings of the Almighty. Many of us during the pandemic, we could not gather together for nearly two months here at the church. As it were, we had to remain in the shadow of the church through our phones 
and through our devices. But can I tell you this, even during the time of pandemic and an online worship, God has still moved in miraculous ways. Praise the Lord. We have seen people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost watching church online. There have been baptisms in people's jacuzzis. There have been baptisms in people's pools. And yes, people have been healed during this time. Can you say amen? In the time of pandemic, we had a newer disciple in our church, Sister Dee Dee. She called me up and she said, I've got friends that want to be baptized. Can we come baptize them at the church? I said, yes, we'll have to do social distancing. We're going to have to do the masks. We're going to have to do all of that. She said, yes, I don't really have a place to baptize them. I said, bring them on over to the church. And she brought her friends over to the church, and I began to talk to them a little bit about baptism and what it was about. And uh, they got up there in the baptism tank, and we let uh, Sister Dee Dee baptize them. Right before she baptized her friend, I told this lady, I said, Sister, not only is God going to wash your sins away, but the Lord is going to physically heal your body. She went down in Jesus' name, and when she came up out of that water, some of you all know what I'm talking about. You can see the change on somebody's countenance when their sins are washed away. And the glory and the glow of God came upon her countenance. And as she enjoyed and, and celebrated her sins being washed away in that water, I watched, all of a sudden, she put her hands to her ears and she said, I haven't been able to hear for years. I haven't been able to hear like this, but coming up out of this water, I can hear everything you're saying. I can hear everything you are saying. My ears are completely healed. It happened during a pandemic. Praise God. In the early 20th century, during the time of the depression, during the time of sickness, during the time of plagues, during the time of great hardships in this country, my great-grandmother, Sister Erie Dyson, who lived in a rural community in the state of Arkansas, one hot summer, she woke up in the middle of the night and she felt the word of the Lord coming to her. And the Lord said unto her, get up, get dressed, and go to your neighbor's home. And she thought, that is so odd. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Why would I want to do that? And she went back to sleep. But the Lord came to her again and woke her up and said the same thing. And she elbowed her husband, my great-grandpa, James Henry Dyson. And she said, James... The Lord has woke me up and told me to go to the neighbor's house. And he said, that ain't God. That's the fried chicken dinner talking. Go back to sleep. She thought, all right. So she went back to sleep. But the Lord woke her up again. And she elbowed her husband. She said, I'm telling you, the Lord said, go to the neighbor's house. And he said, God don't want you waking up the neighbors. She said, I'm telling you, God spoke to me. And he said, well, go on. Leave me alone. I'm going back to sleep. So she got up and got dressed on a hot Arkansas night. And she walked through the fields. And some of you that know about Arkansas, there's a lot of poisonous snakes out there in the field. So she walked pretty quickly. And as she, you know, this wasn't neighbors close. This was neighbors living miles away from each other. And as she got near the neighbor's house, she looked and there were lights on in the house. And she thought, that is interesting. They must be awake. And as she came to the front door, she could hear the sound of a commotion in that house. The sound of screaming. The sound of crying. And she thought, well, I know these neighbors. It sounds like an emergency. I'm just going to let myself in. And when she walked in, there was the mother and the father, the grandparents, and all of the siblings in a panic, crying, screaming out, because the youngest daughter, the youngest grandbaby there, was laying on the couch, stricken with scarlet fever, and she was near death. 
This is the days before ambulances, church. This is the days before 911. This is the days before emergency rooms. And I mean everybody is weeping and crying, worried that their little daughter, their granddaughter, is about to die right there on that couch. And my grandma, the fear came over her and the doubt came over her. And she realized, wait a minute, the Lord woke me up. The Lord knew about the situation. And that means the Lord is with me now. And she raised up her hands. She didn't go over there and lay hands on the child. But she raised up her hands and she said, Family, the Lord has woken me up and sent me over here to pray for this baby. And God is going to touch this baby. And she stretched out her hands over that child and began to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And instantly that fever began to break. And by 8 a.m. that little baby was out playing on the swing set in the front yard. All for the glory of God. Oh, God can move during times of sickness. During this time of social distancing, I have tried to take it very seriously. And I've wondered, as many of you did, how can we minister without the laying on of hands? How can we minister without hugging people? How can we minister without getting close? Well, you look, there are instances in the Bible where they didn't have to lay hands on people. But there were other ways that they ministered. Number one, they spoke the word of faith. Over somebody. In Matthew chapter 8, the centurion said, Lord, just speak a word and my servant will be healed. And it happened. At times they used just simple cloths or objects that they would send to people. The apostle Paul did this. He would just send pieces of his clothes. He would cut up the borders of his garment and send them out to people that he couldn't physically go see. And those who were sick, they were healed. And those who were demon-possessed were healed by just simply sending a various object. They would use the written word. They would write letters to people to be healed. They would write letters to the churches. And when the letters were read, great power and authority came. And the presence of God would sweep over that place. And people were touched by the hand of the Lord. But there is one that has been very particular to me. And that is the use of one's shadow. Yes, your literal shadow. In the book of Exodus, when Israel was up against the Amalekites... Moses stood up on the mountain with his hands raised up. It was symbolic, according to rabbinical tradition, he was making with his hands out like this, the ancient Hebrew letter Shin. The ancient name for God that Abraham used, the patriarchs used, was Shaddai. And to as a symbol for a Shaddai, it was the letter Shin. It kind of looks like a little bit of a W. And raising up your hands like that, it looked like that. And, some, and the priest, even to this day, the Hebrews raised their hands like this to form the letter Shin upon the people. And that is what Moses was doing. And his shadow was cast from the sun across the, the valley. And whenever his arms were raised, Israel, they would win the war. They would gain ground in the battle. But anytime he lowered his hands, they would begin to lose. And that's when Aaron and Hur raised up the hands of Moses, casting his shadow across the army. God would prevail, and they would begin to win the battle. You take a look in the book of Acts. It says that as Peter would pass by, people would get into his shadow and were healed. You know what was going on there? We've been to that spot in Israel on the hill outside of the temple that when the sun comes up from the east, if you stand there, your shadow will cast about 50 yards. Peter couldn't get to everybody and maybe some of the people he didn't want to get to because they were so contagious. But if he would just pass by the shadow of the apostle through the power of God, the people would be instantly healed. I thought, I have never done these things, but I believe God spoke to me. And on Pentecost Sunday, the last Sunday of May, we were all spread out in the church. 
And pastor said, if anybody here wants to receive the Holy Ghost or you want a touch from God, come up here and stand in the marked places we have in this altar. And a man, a first-time guest, came forward to receive the Holy Ghost. And I thought, well, if Peter did it and Moses did it, then Justin Gleason can do it. And I walked up to that man as he stood there and just began to pray just simple prayers. I walked up to him and I said, sir, I am not going to touch you. I'm going to keep social distancing, but I am going to put the shadow of my hand upon your forehead and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I watched as I pulled, slowly put the, sh the shadow of my hand. We have a lot of lights like you guys do here. I put the shadow, my, my shadow of my hand on his forehead. And when that shadow hit that man, instantly burst out speaking in other tongues. Praise God. I said, if the anointing's here, it's got to be over here. And I went over to another man there in the altar who was seeking the Lord. And uh, the word of the Lord came to me and I said, sir, not only are you going to get the Holy Ghost, but God is going to miraculously heal your body. It was really unusual for me to say that and speak that because he was a younger man, strong guy, muscular, looked very healthy. And when I put the shadow of my hand over him, he crumpled down on the floor by the power of God and began to talk in tongues. And not only that, he was healed miraculously by the power of God. I later found out that he had been diagnosed with horrible heart complications, horrible blood pressure problems. A young, healthy man, but these days, health can be, can be iffy. You never know what can happen to any of us. And if you've got health in your body, never take it for granted. And thank God every day for it. But that man came forward to receive a touch from God. And not only did he walk away a saved man, but he walked away a healed man. I'm telling you, church, don't check out during this time. Don't have doubt during this time, but God wants to use you. He wants to use you, and he wants to use you. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Would the worship team join me on the platform? I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Praise God. Mm. Families. Stay together in this time. Parents, be involved in your children's lives. Know what they're watching. Know what they're doing. Know who they're associating with. Children, obey your parents during this time. They need you to respect them. Families, stay unified. Church, stay together. Don't raise up an insurrection against any leadership in this church, but stay in agreement and stay in the flow. Stay unified. Amen. This COVID-19, this time of commotion, it's as it were anything that can be shaken. It is being shaken and it is being fallen out. This is the time of great testing. This is the time of great trial. And you've got to pass the test during this time. You've got to pass the trial during this time. When all of this is over and ease comes back upon us, will you still be standing for God? Will you still be serving for God? You've got to keep on going forward in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's all stand. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Amen. Some of you, you've already got prayer in your heart. Go and let it out unto the Lord right now. Come on, call unto the Lord. Oh, the Lord has talked to you this morning. The Lord's moved upon you this morning. Hallelujah. The Lord is going to help us during this time of slowly reopening. The Lord is helping us during this time of slowly recovering. Hallelujah. This is the Sunday of personal revival. This is the Sunday, amen, of gaining strength in this time. We haven't come through it fully, but the Lord is helping us. Hallelujah.
amen, if you feel it, the Lord is pulling on you. You want a little extra blessing and a little extra focus. I invite you to come down front here to the altar of the Lord, amen, to pour your heart out to the Lord. Amen. If you're pulling on God and saying, Lord, I've been wanting things to move faster, but I know things have got to move slower. I trust you in this season and this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. A miracle is yours during this time. The Lord is driving the plague out of our midst. The Lord is setting up things. The Lord is doing things for the country and the land that we don't even know about. The Lord is driving out the wild beasts. Hallelujah. Come on, trust this God. It may not be a quick work. It may be a slow work, church. 